Enjoying the podcast but want to learn more best practices for account management? Pick up a copy of A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. You were there to laugh at the account manager? I, I was there to laugh and make my bad <laughs> jokes and bring Fred water. <laughs> well, here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, a tactical guide for success. I got my good friend, John Brown. John, how are you? I am good. And on the other side of the microphone, I've got my good friend, Fred Fuller. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've done this. I know. It? I know. It's, um, you know, I think it's you get what you pay for. And since we're doing this for free, it's the, the, the frequency is suspect. Well, I think I think that's part of it. For me, the other part is after spending 800 hours a week on Zoom calls, it's hard to get motivated to do one. More. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because uh, my wife said to me a few weeks ago, she's like, hey, we're going to visit with some friends. And I'm like, oh, OK, great. She's like, yeah, we're doing, we're going to do a Zoom call. And I'm like, I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can tell it. uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's there's in person. Super happy to do it. Love oh, it. Yeah. 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 In person standing on, um, you know, broken glass that's on fire. Sure. Sure. Zoom? Happy to Zoom? do it. No way. No I'll, way. I'll meet you inside of a dumpster if you want. Like I, <laughs> right. anywhere. Doesn't matter. But Zoom call? No, I, uh, I will not do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but here we are. Our dedication, our commitment to the cause brings to us the, here. To the cause of good account management. That's right. That's, that's right. We're that's right. we're doing everything we can to make account management better. Yeah, that's right. Are we done patting each other on the back now? Yeah, maybe. Should, I don't should know. we probably talk about account management? <laughs> well, and I think maybe we break in the middle and talk about feelings or something like that. I know you like to do that. No, I do. I do care about feeling. I care about your feelings. I do care about feelings. It's important to me. <laughs> I'm just glad to know people have them. All right. So what are we going to talk about today, John? Today, we're going to talk about remind the client why you were there. And, exactly and that right. is like when I when I hear myself say those words, I'm like, that doesn't sound very brilliant. But it it is so is so important and really so often overlooked. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, and there's a bunch of reasons why we, we say it this way, you know, probably a fancier, more business oriented way to say this would be, you know, reinforce your value proposition with your client or, um, you know, retell your story or something like that. But, I, you know, we like to say, remind the client why you were there, which is a little bit of saying, hey, make sure you go back to basics with your client every once in a while and remind them about the fundamentals of why your relationship exists. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in people, people forget to do that. And there's a bunch of, bunch of reasons for that, like the curse of knowledge and some other reasons we'll talk about all those, but yeah, that's the podcast remind the client while you're there. Yeah. And you know, it's really funny when you talk about that in particular, like the basics, um, I, and, and I've got a, I've got a story about that, but, but not, maybe not yet. Um, and then we're going to talk about QBRs, right. Um, the, the importance of QBRs and, and, you know, like why we do them and what should be in them and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. We're going to spend the bulk of this 
podcast talking about the basics of a quarterly business review. They don't necessarily have to be quarterly. We call it a quarterly business review just to reinforce the point that um, they should be with some frequency, depending on the size of the client, what makes sense. But regular business reviews, and we're going to talk about a, we're going to talk about um, uh, seven things that are should be fundamental part of every quarterly business review. Seven, I like it. Um, I, I like that a lot. And you know, this is cool. This is a, a kind of an interesting, I think, podcast for us because. It's actually on on one hand, it's fairly light in that we're not talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, um, but we could go really, really, really deep on this, which will avoid um, to to avoid putting everybody to sleep about you know what should be on the graph on slide seven in your QBR. That's not the point of this. Um, but but jumping in then before we go into the QBRs, uh, reinforcing the basics. You, you, so I have a I have a great story about that. And that is we were presenting, we did a monthly review of our product and business and so forth with the client. And and we would do uh-huh. that. And they were focused very heavily on a couple of statistics or a couple of KPIs or whatever you want to call them that weren't where they wanted them to be. They weren't bad, but they weren't where they wanted them to be. And in the process of being so heavily focused on that, they overlooked some of the really, really core basics of what we were doing, such as like our SLAs are, are, you know, uptime of eight nines or whatever you want to call that, like flawless, Mm -hmm. right? The number of, of service related incidents, virtually zero, right? Mm -hmm. The the fundamentals of the software were, were working perfectly. Right. And, and that never got talked about. Right. It was always the yes. thing of, you know, I, right. I, you said I was going to make $10 and I made nine fifty. Where's my 50 cents. Right. Yeah. Yes. But we also moved a mountain over here, but it didn't drive revenue. Did you, you know, like those kind of things? Yes, that is a perfect example, Fred. So like the fundamental stuff that you don't have to worry about every single day because it just works. You'd be surprised how often it's true that your competition can't do that. Right. And because you forget to talk about it, it becomes a non-issue and therefore it's not a value prop to the client. Right. So you so I, I like to call this the curse of knowledge. Right. So we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, you should really deeply know your own product. But there's a downside to knowing so much about your own product and knowing what's going on in that you feel like when you talk with a client, you only have to talk about with things that are new. Right. And, and and because you have this curse of knowledge of you know and and the client will bring up something your competitor does that you don't do, but because you have this curse of knowledge, you're you're focused on that instead of being focused on the ten things that you already do really really well and reemphasizing those. So I, I also have a, a little story. I think I've told it before, but just the the short version of this is I, a few years ago I had a very very large client that. Um, you know, we had put a ton of work into really making sure that we delivered software for them on time. And so like in the, for three years running, I kept track of every software project we did for them and whether or not we delivered it on time with high quality and so on and so forth. It was a total of 56 projects. I want to say something like that. Like it was a ton of projects. And, and I think one of those 50 or so we, we didn't meet the deadline. Right. And so we go present this to the client in a, 
uh, PowerPoint with, you know, here's 56 rows of projects and how we've done all of them on time. It's eye chart. You, you gave him right. an eye exam. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit intentional, right? Not not a very good chart, but, you know, to, to reinforce the point of, hey, there's a gajillion projects we did and they were all on time. And uh, and the the head lead executive and from a client in the room turns to the head of the you know person that owned us and said, "Hey, is this true?" She says, "Yeah, it's absolutely true." And there was stunned silence in the room because you know they they had been telling their executives that we were always slow or late, but then when the truth comes out, the kind of fundamental, you know, so our team believes we're doing a really great job. You know, we have this curse of knowledge. But it wasn't until we put it in front of them very explicitly and it just became shockingly clear, you know, what the reality was. And there were just stunned faces in the room. It was kind of dead silence for a while. And I knew we landed the blow. And it was because we went back to the basics and said, you know, here's something we're doing really, really well. And we never talk about it. We're going to put it in front of you. Yeah. You know, John, that brings up a really interesting point because all it takes is one comment to become uh, the perception Right. So uh, in your in your example, there's a perception that you're not delivering or you're not delivering on time or you're not delivering the right quantity or this or the quantity that is representative of reality. Right. And it's as simple as two people standing around the water cooler and one saying to the other, you know, those guys are really struggling with this delivery. And when you play the telephone game, that turns into these guys never deliver on time. Right. Right. And, and now all of a sudden, that's the perception of your organization for your for everybody at, at the client. Everybody. Right. And, right. and these are great. It's a great example, too, of how to address that of like, well, no, we're going to have a meeting and we're going to I'm not going to talk about the lack of perception or the misperception. I'm going to talk about the facts of what we do. Yes, yeah, a great way of putting it. I really like that. I'm going to talk about the facts of what we do. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a that's a great way of saying it. And um, yeah, we put we put a lot of prep into those meetings. They were pretty big uh, meetings. And so, you know, you're not going to do that for every client in every situation. But, it, you know, but it is um, it is important. I, you know, I mentioned another thing that um, uh, when you you're doing QBRs, that's also it. So there's the, the two big opportunities in my mind are the curse of knowledge, you know, not realizing, you know, that that you need to go back to the basics. And then the second missed opportunities when the client asks you for things there's a little kind of micro opportunities to reinforce your value proposition as well so if the client asks you to do something that is routine for you you can use that to point out that yes it's routine for me and that's a value proposition for you right so um you know client asks you to create a new dashboard of metrics and it's something that your company does you know pretty routinely to you know as a software delivery thing for them you say yeah but um, hey, Mr. Klein, we we got that. We'll start right now. One, you know, one of the great things about our software is we can do that for you really, really quickly, right? So that last yeah. sentence that that's an people overlook that opportunity to you know when you say yes to the client, now you're you're delivering a value prop to them. Remind them that you delivered a value prop for them. So there's a macro of uh, a, you know uh, call it a QBR, whatever you want to call it, a, a big client meeting to deliver that value prop. But there's also these micro opportunities as well that they get missed. Yeah. And you, and you, if you're being a really good partner, then you're also, you're listening to a request of some kind, but you're also helping to figure out what they're trying to solve for. So having previously worked in a very, very data rich environment, your client will typically not be, um, 
not be as aware of all the different metrics and measurements and so forth. The client may may have that knowledge up front when you first engage in the partnership, but over time, that client will will focus on the top two or three that are the most meaningful for for her and her organization, right? And and when they will call you and say, you know what, we it would be really neat if we had a metric that showed this and did that, and if we could look at it this way, it's probably already there. Right. Yeah. It's probably just, oh, yeah, you know what? That's cool. Let me add that in and boom. And, and you know, and, and there's some people that think that the right approach here is to make it sound Herculean and like you're really doing something big for them and blah, blah, blah. I, I actually take the opposite approach, which is, hey, man, we're really good at this. We know our stuff and I can have that to you in the next hour. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's the value prop. So you just remind them, hey, I'm getting it to you in the next hour. Like, how fast is that? Right. Even if you're doing it, you know, with a smile as a joke, right? Like just reminding them that you have the ability to do that is, is good. Um, Let's get into how to like, uh, what is a QBR and how to do a QBR, the tactics of a QBR. The tactics of a QBR. Uh, QBRs, first of all, let me let me start by saying this. First, yeah. I, I I use the term QBR very loosely, right? When I say QBR, it goes, oh, quarterly business review. So you do it once every three months and you did it. I think of it just the business review part. If you have a client yeah, that, right. that, that wants to do it monthly or quarterly or whatever, that's great. And it's a wonderful opportunity and you should embrace that. It's probably not going to have that level of discipline about it in perpetuity. Do you agree with that? Yeah. And even the largest clients that I've had, if you try to do it quarterly, you'll wind up as a realistic matter doing it three times a year, just with scheduling conflicts and things like that. Um, I've never had a client that wanted it monthly. I, I think that is very possible, but I, I've not quite seen it. Um, you know, and I think there's some clients, like if you have a thousand clients and they're all relatively small, you know, you... Um, maybe not a thousand, but you know, if you have a large number, you might, this might be more of an annual business review, right? So you need to, we'll talk about goal setting and some other things in later podcasts about how you think about deciding, but you need to have some sort of rubric for deciding which are key accounts, like your top 10 or whatever that deserve a quarterly business review. And then below that, maybe we do it uh, twice a year. And then below that, maybe we do it annually, right? So you have to think of, um, you know, what is, what, but there, but the, but I will say it's probably true that the right answer is not don't do anything at all, mm. even if it's once every two years for a very, very small client, right? So, um, you know, the right answer is probably not ignore it, don't do it, right? But figuring out the right frequency. So, we say quarterly business review because it's just a common term, but that's you know, to your point, it's not doesn't have to be every quarter, yeah. And here, here's a little bit of advice. It, whether it's quarterly or, or whatever that frequency is, see if there's some way you can align it with meaningful timelines for your client, mm-hmm. right? So if your client is setting the budget in uh, by October 31st for the fall for the next year, like, well, then you want to be in front of them in June or July if you think they're going to need some money yeah. to adopt some additional services or products that you have to offer. Be smart nice. about it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, and, you know, and the agenda of what's in the QBR, um, we, we're not going to cover that in detail here because like every business is different. We don't know what your business entails, but as a general guideline, what we tend to suggest is, you know, there's probably, there's in general, probably like three sections. It's uh, one is something around current operations. That's probably fairly metrics driven, you know, so measuring, 
uh, what you do as a business. So that's getting back to that very basics, like sure the, the basics of what you're doing and, you know, with charts or data or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Right. So, you know, one of the things operators always say is what measured, what gets measured gets managed. Yep. Right. So pick your yep. measurements carefully. And that's, that's important. Pick the ones that will really... reflect well on you. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Don't pick the ones that are showing you going into the, going into the ditch uh, necessarily. Although, although there might be times where that actually isn't, if, if the reality is, it is going in the ditch and everybody does know you're going in the ditch, not showing that will make you look foolish. So you might as well go ahead and show them that. Right. So you'd have to be, uh, we're laughing about it, but you do have to be a little thoughtful about that. Don't try to, uh, you know, uh, candy coat something that is not, you know, not true. Right. Own it. Yeah. You got to own it. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, growth plans. So like to your point about, you know, setting budgets, like, um, you know, things that you want them to spend money on that are good, either good for you or good for the product or, or whatever. Um, product roadmap, future strategy, usually something around that. So like, where are you going in the future? This is really good more, maybe for a more executive audience. Like what, you know, where are some grand things we could do in the future? People love that stuff. Um, so those are just, you know, those are some things that would typically go in a typical business review, but you know, I, you can do a business review without any slides. You can do it on a whiteboard. It's not, it's not about the medium. It's about the message. Right. And, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, how you construct that, that message. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a critical tool. I'm trying to think of the right words. It's a critical tool to, ensure that you are aligned on the relationship between you and your client. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that's absolutely critical. And, and this is one of the kind of soft skills that you just have, or you don't when it comes to account management and relationships and so forth. But a large part of this QBR, and we're going to talk about how to think about it and how to approach it, but a large part of your job in a QBR is to read the audience Mm-hmm. You will walk out of a QBR and everybody on your team is going, did you hear what they said? Did you hear what they said? Hey, did you hear that guy said this and that she said that? And everybody write that down? Like, yeah. And did you see that when we were talking about the financials, everybody crossed their arms and pushed away from the table? Right. Like, you, the, you know, so this is part of picking up a lot of information, uh, some of which will be written and, and you know, in communicated in a way that we're very traditionally used to, but some of it's this, this verbal or nonverbal stuff that you kind of have to pick up on. But, but in order to avoid um, those type of moments, right, where you're talking about something and you're talking about how great it is and your client is saying, yes, doesn't look so great to me. There's a way to avoid that, right? Just don't go to the meeting. Just don't go to the meeting all together. Just run away. Fake, fake a hamstring injury uh, in the in the trip, lobby. Trip on the door sill and yeah. fall down yeah. and knock yourself out. That's right. That's right. No, I, the, one of the the way you avoid this, it, 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 you can't. John, that's a great strategy, by the way. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just gonna uh, not go to the meeting because whatever. I had yeah. a I had a really bad hangover. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. Uh, but the coordinate with your client, like that's one of the really one of the first things you want to do in a QBR is coordinate with your client. That's how you can avoid that awkward interaction, right? That yeah. awkwardness of I'm saying this and I think it's wonderful and the client doesn't think so. 
now now it's really, really awkward because it's going to be just this weird exchange of uh, completely disagree with what you're saying. Well, let's uh, that's a good segue. Let's let's talk about the tactics of a QBR. Like, what do we do tactically to to execute it? Um, So there's uh, there's uh, seven things that we're that we're going to talk about. So the first is uh, being entertaining. There's no shortage of that on this podcast. Uh, the second is expand, expand your audience. Uh, Were you multitasking? Is that what just happened? No. You checking your notes or uh, uh, looking at the lunch menu? I'm li- well, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. What? No. I'm, li- I'm looking at the, uh, our notes for the podcast. The third is coordinate with the client for the QBR. So that's some of the things you just talked about. Um, the fourth is don't go in tone deaf, read the room. Um, the fifth is tell stories in your QBR. And so this is a little bit about how to construct a QBR. So we'll go into that in some, some detail. Uh, the sixth is claim victory at least once during your QBR, <laughs> just jump up and yell victory. And then, uh, the, the seventh, be composed, even when the client is shooting holes in you, uh, which does happen in a QBR. So let's, let's talk about each, each one of these. So, uh, no, we, uh, this probably is not, I don't know if this is in the right order, but number one we picked is be entertaining. I think it's in the right order. You think that's, I, I, you think that's right? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you know, I, there, there is some science to this, right? So like, you know, if you, people, executives at other companies, I mean, they're in meetings all day long. They're not always real exciting. Like if you as a, if they know you as a, um, as an entity can come in and be maybe just mildly entertaining and bright, or I should say brighten up their day a little bit. Like you, you, that's actually going to do you some good. Now we're not talking about like getting out some balls and start juggling or anything like that. When we say entertaining, right. What we're saying is, you know, being positive, fun, um, you know, that that's what we mean by entertaining. Yeah. I, I, I always think about it in this context. Um, when as a, as a smaller organization working with a really large financial institution, how much, time of their day is spent sitting in meetings with a PowerPoint and a talking head of some kind, Mm -hmm. right? Or somebody, you know, pontificating about, you know, the, the finer points of X, right? Like they're meetings that are important and I don't want to belittle all that, but, but it's okay to have personality in a meeting. And that's, I think, probably a better way to say, like, be entertaining. No, but just have personality. You're talking to people, yeah. man. You're interacting with people. That's what you're doing. It's like, it's not hard. That's right. You know, you, you want to um, take per- your preparation very seriously. Um, and you want to take your delivery really seriously. Like, uh, you know, so I'm not saying don't be serious at all. But what I am saying is you, you can relax and enjoy yourself. Enjoy you, what you just said, the, the person to person interaction, right? Like, and, and you, it can be serendipitous. It doesn't have to be like something, you, a joke you think of ahead of time, right? Like just being in the moment, I think will, will matter. You have, a, you have a good story about this. <laughs> I, I do. I don't know if this product still exists. There was, um, at least for some period of time, there was a bottled water on the market and it was called Fred water. And it said it was a clear bottle and big white letters, big block letters, Fred. And I found it because I walked, I was, I went to a hotel one time and it was sitting, that was the free, that was the compliment, complimentary bottle of water. And I went, oh my gosh, this is absolutely awesome. 
And I had a client that I had a good rapport with. Um, and But truthfully, everything wasn't wonderful from like the product production standpoint. Sure. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't, wasn't perfect either, right? And so I would say on a scale of one to 10, 10 being perfect, we were sitting around a six, right. seven, right? Somewhere in there. And, uh, and I thought, well, we're going to this QBR. It'll actually probably lighten it up a lot. Uh, and I bought a case of Fred water and I brought it into the meeting with me. <laughs> and I just handed it out at the beginning of the meeting. It said, you're all very welcome. And everybody got a chuckle out of it. And one or two of them looked like. Well, I, I, I was there. What I remember is you actually pulled one of the bottles out and very slowly set it on the table in front of everybody. And everybody just start cracking up. Right. Because it, here it is. Here it is. Fred water. It, well, yeah, I appreciate. Yeah. It's all about the delivery. It's right. All, yeah. It, yeah. But but, you know, that was a good example of first of all, I knew the audience. Right. Right. And so I knew I was OK to go do that. Um, had, had we been a three on a scale of one to ten, probably not the time. No, no, no. Right. If right. it were a two or a three. No. Right. And when we say be entertaining, there's an element here too of know your client, know your audience, know your your guests. I have been in meetings with um, with technical executives, and they whether whether they're in a bad mood or they're just not people people or whatever their thing is, they do not want to hear Fred Fuller's jokes. And I what? know that they're, it's shocking. Call the authorities. Wow. I I know. Uh, I'm surprised. Okay. I'll give you all a list of names and phone numbers and you can call them directly. <laughs> Why don't you like Fred Fuller's jokes? <laughs> well, yeah, they, I could tell you that list starts right here at home. <laughs> the list of people that don't want to hear Fred's jokes, but, can, but know your audience, right? It really is important. Like, uh, you know, some people want to joke around, some people don't, and you need to know and respect that, but, but, but don't do voodoo economics, right, John? Can I put a coda on the Fred Water story? Mm. Later on, someone in our company said, and I love this, that they said the tagline of this product should be, hey, do you know smart water? This is the opposite of that. See, jealousy is so unflattering. <laughs> it's so unflattering. People think it's a good look. It's not. It's not. I, I thought that was, fun. it was a funny line. It's plaid and stripes, man. Don't do it. <laughs> let's get let's get serious and go back okay, to our seven okay, things number two on the list of running a good qbr is to expand the audience what does this mean fred expand the audience it's a great opportunity um it's a i always think that a qbr is a great opportunity to help other people within the organization understand what you do and why you have a relationship in place Right. There's always somebody there's always somebody with an agenda that may or may not be aligned with with your agenda, with mm -hmm. your your direct client's agenda and getting those folks in the room together to help them understand exactly what you do. And this should be an absolute fact. There should be nobody in in any other company that can articulate your value prop better than you. Mm -hmm. Don't expect your client to do that for you right? You have to do that. And so when you go to your client and you say, we're going to have a QBR, Hey, you know, I know we were talking about this thing over here in this other area of the business. I, I'd like to use a, you know, 15 minutes in the QBR to talk about it. Do you think that'd be interesting for, for Shelly? That's right. I, I, I like to every QBR try to see if we can think if, if it's a major one, 
think of like, are there other t- secondary people we can invite in so they can see how good we are, right? And that's what you're saying. And I think that's, uh, you know, expanding your audience where, where it makes sense where you can is a really great idea. Yeah. More, more, more touch points, the better. Definitely. The, that's very closely related to the third one, which is coordinate with your client for the QBR. Right. So would it, tell, tell me what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, it is. It's what we were talking about a, a little bit earlier, right? As we transitioned into this area here, which is you do not want to sit in front of your client and say, hey, um, I'm going to throw up this this bar graph of revenue and show you how awesome everything is. And you're showing 10% growth period over period. And you think that's absolutely wonderful. But your client expected 35 Mm-hmm. Right. So in your head, you're kind of like, hey, 10% growth. That's good. That's good growth. That's positive. It's a good story. It's da da da, but it doesn't meet their expectations. And if you walk into that meeting going, in, in, isn't 10% awesome? And they're going, not really, because it's not 35. Yeah. Like now you have, you are completely misaligned on that piece of the conversation. And I promise you, it will carry through the entire QBR. Yeah. Right. I, so just take a yeah. few minutes to align, right? My example is always, you know, I, and what I talk to my account management teams about is, you know, it really, you should send, if you have materials for the QBR, whether that's some kind of document or PowerPoint or whatever, you know, send that ahead of time, right? Send it 24 hours ahead of time. One, it'll force you to be done earlier, which is, a, you know, all goodness. But two, you really don't want to surprise your client, particularly if there's something in there that could be potentially damaging to them, right? So maybe the work could hurt the working team, make them look bad in front of their boss. Um, And so you really, you don't want to do that. And then conversely, the other thing is, if there's an agenda item that the working team that you work with is trying to get in front of their boss, you can help them do that by virtue of having this, you know, meeting where the vendor comes in, right? So there's tons of value. So you know, like walk into the QBR where everybody's totally cold and then you unveil this grand PowerPoint that you made. You know, you can imagine like a curtain party. And, My masterpiece. Yes, uh, this masterful. You know, that That's actually not the way to do it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I love the second part of that, John. So you're, you're really, you're gonna make sure that you coordinate with your client. And there's a whole host of reasons, but but the two big ones are the, you know, what I mentioned, which is not going in tone deaf, making sure that you're aligned with their hot topics and so forth. But the second piece is you can be an advocate for your client to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Right, they want, That's to, right. they want to influence another part of the organization. Maybe they can use your product to help do that. Well, then I'm at your service, right? Right. Yeah. Um, the um, yeah, and that actually is a good lead in into the the fourth one, which you referenced a minute ago about what you know, know whether or not you're a seven out of ten or a two out of ten. Which is, don't go in tone deaf to where the overall relationship is. That's that's number five, four. Knowing whether you're in red, yellow, or green with the client. Yeah, those two just are, I mean, they're probably sub bullets, right, of the same thought, which is just that overall um, alignment, being misaligned on anything, right? Yeah, and it really, it does all tie together, right? Like, I thought you made a great point earlier, like, if if the relationship is in the ditch, you know, then your QBR needs to be about that, 
show them that you're in the ditch, that you as a vendor acknowledge you're in the ditch <laughs> and you have a plan to get out of the ditch, right? Like that's what the QBR is about. You know, it'd be great to do all these other things that we're talking about, show them the future and show them, you know, uh, be entertaining and make jokes and show them the Fred water and yeah. all that fun stuff. But if you're in the ditch, then the QBR needs to be about the ditch and how you're going to get out. Like you got to be real about that. Right. So that's not being tone deaf is really important. I saw, I, w- I did go to a QBR one time where that was essentially the case. Mm-hmm. Go into the QBR and I, it wasn't my client. I was there for backup or whatever, right? You were there to and, laugh at the account manager? I, I was there to laugh and make my bad <laughs> jokes and bring Fred water. And, and, and this cat rolls in and does the whole thing of like finger guns and we're all golden and And at the end, they just attacked him for his lack of awareness of what it was. And it was it was utterly embarrassing. Um, What was crazy, though, was that particular account manager, after we walked out of the meeting, swear, I swear, looked at everybody on our team and went, I actually think that was a really good meeting. And we all were like, my. I don't, that person you, didn't last very long. Didn't, didn't yeah, have were you in the same meeting I was in? Yeah. 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 I know. I think that was a pretty good, really. Like, no, no, not. no, it, it wasn't. Was, it was terrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. I'm going to, I'm going to wager that person probably broke every rule that we're outlining here about prepping for a QBR. Is yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. every one of them. That's where half of these rules came from. That right, with that one meeting, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just went terribly wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Always, always fun to watch that when you're not the one on the hook for the, uh, for whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to try not to laugh. It's so, <laughs> oh my God, it's great entertainment though. Yeah. Great entertainment. But you, you will make that mistake one time and one time only. Right. 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 Um, so, um, so this is uh, you go into our next point here. Um, telling stories in your QBR. Yeah. So along the lines of, I can't tell you what content to put in your QBR because I'm not in your business. Right. But as a general rule, like you can, you can think about the three things we outlined earlier in terms of the content, but another way to think about it would be to um, think about for your QBR, try to think of it as a story a little bit. So that's our other suggestion for actually creating the content. What we mean by that is, um, you know, don't, um, it, it, it's about going back to the basics, right? So tell them the story of why you're there. And if I if I could recommend a book to our listeners that is really good that talks about how to create this story, it's called uh, Made to Stick, and um, it, it's by a couple guys who really uh, what what you're making a face. No, I yeah, you're gonna keep coming. <laughs> It's called Made to Stick. It's a really, it's a really good book. And it talks about how to craft a story for any kind of business meeting. But, you know, but think about it. And and so any kind of story is almost like a three act play, right? So, you know, the hero of the story is the client, right? So think of them as the hero, Um, you know, tell them why your relationship was founded, right? Telling that story of like, why are we in business together in the first place? 
you know, or what, uh, what problem were they trying to solve? What was the complication that they were trying to solve and how your product is the solution, right? So think about, if you start to think about it in terms of a little, everything is a little story or a little play like that, that'll actually drive your content. It'll force you to show them things that are maybe to you old news, but and but but because you have the curse of knowledge, you only want to talk about things that are like kind of the hot topics. But it'll force you to go backwards and say, well, why are we here in the first place? Right. Well, you were trying to solve for low adoption of your product. Our product has these five features that make consumers want to adopt it. Right. So I'm going to go back and remind you about those five features. And now you're the hero of the story and look how we've grown because you adopted us as the, as the product. So th that's my point is like to create the content, think about telling a story where the client is the hero. And that book does a really nice job of having, you know, kind of outlining a lot of techniques to, um, to be able to do that. So, you know, things like, um, you know, really making it uh, visual for a client, making it understandable, giving, you know, sometimes single examples are a lot more powerful than data. So like I can show them data about how great our customer care is and we're under SLA or above SLA or whatever. I can show them all those stats, but what will actually be more powerful is to actually play a video of a satisfied customer and them talking about the product and your customer care like that, that actually will be more impactful than whatever stats you show. You still have to show the stats, but like creating a story out of it is so much more powerful. So we, we really advocate trying to figure out storytelling as part of your QBR. I think there's a, a really, really critical nuance here. Mm -hmm. And that is John, that when you, when you walk through the three act play, the hero is the client, right? Right. So careful because Q in QBRs, oftentimes companies go in with the notion or the objective of making sure everybody understands how awesome they are. Right. Right. So I'm going to show you how cool my company is. Company A, I'm going to show you how cool they are. I'm going to show you how awesome I am. The victory, the absolute victory is making your client that hero. Right. I don't, they don't care if you work 70 hours last week. Right. right. They don't care how much free stuff you've given them. You'll, you can, you should remind them of free stuff and, and make that a part of the conversation, but that should be very eloquent and, and so forth. But, but your client, your client is the hero. This is not a time to defend your organization or prop your organization up in, in, in the false way, right? Making yeah. your client. Well, don't do that alone. I, would, I mean, that is a part of it, but first and foremost is client, try to figure out how to make the client the hero in the story. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Great point. Great point. Yeah. Uh, and, and then there's a, there's another interesting one here. So claim victory at least once during the QBR, which is kind of what I was just talking about a little bit. So keep the client, the hero, but you claim victory. Talk through that. Yeah. So that's number six on our list. Um, and it's, it's making sure that they know that you delivered something for them. Right. So yes, you want to make the client the hero. And we just talked about that. But on the other hand, you really, at least once in the QBR, claim some kind of major victory. You got something done for the client. Maybe it's something you delivered to a bunch of clients um, simultaneously, and that's fine. But claim that victory, right? Don't let it go unsung. And so I think there's sometimes some people 
not you or I necessarily, but some people have a reticence to brag about themselves. And so like you really need to, as an account manager, get over that quickly because you're representing not you, but the company, right? And so you want to claim at least once, if not several times, the victories of what you've delivered. It seems sort of obvious, but you'd be surprised how often it gets kind of overlooked. Yeah, and and I think if there's... um if that creates a little confusion because we're telling you to do two different things, we're telling you to make the client the hero and that's your focus. And then we're telling you to claim victory. And I think the way to think about those two things is um, in a a prioritized list. Your first Mm -hmm. objective Mm -hmm. is to make the client the hero somewhere along the way you need to show, you know, what your victories are, which should be in support of the primary message of your client being the hero. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, account management, we live in a world of gray, right? Like we're business decision makers and we have to make business decisions in an uncertain environment without all the facts. And so um, we, I think, often give contradictory advice, you know, but it still still holds. You have to hold two separate thoughts in your head at the same time. But yeah, absolutely. So and we're careful to say claim victory at least at least once. What we're actually saying is maybe a lot more than once if you can. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious, you got to, you got to, you got to lay claim to your successes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then our final tactic is be composed even when the client shoots holes in you. Um, You know, a a lot of times I've seen in QBRs where the meeting kicks off and, you know, we do our usual thing. We've talked about many other podcasts where we say, Hey, um, you know, or what what are the things that are on your agenda that you want to make sure that we talk about today? And, you know, that opens the door for them to begin the lamentations of, you know, all the things that you've done wrong as a vendor provider to them. And so that opens that door and they may step through it and start start shooting holes. So what, what do we do when that happens? Do we say, uh, OK, be quiet now. I have a PowerPoint to show you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's, what that's exactly what we do. No, no, that's not what we do. We don't, oh, don't. we don't. No, that's not no, what we do. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. No, we, we start actively listening, right? Like, and really, and we put our pencils down and we put our PowerPoint down and we say, oh, okay, Mr. Client, great. It sounds like you've got something to tell me. Let's, let's hear all of it, right? And stay composed. You know what, John, it is a strategy that is at the top of my list, Mm-hmm. Of, of, of strategies. And that is when you go into that meeting, be it QBR or otherwise, surrendering control up front to the client to say, we've got stuff here. I've got an agenda. I've got a big PowerPoint, all that. But I really want to make sure that we're focused on your priorities. So I would love to start with what's on your mind. Right. Right. It is the greatest thing in the world. It completely um, it, it just it takes everything down. You're telling the client you're in control. You're telling the client I'm here for you. And you should be. And all those things should be very true. But how you convey that oftentimes can be a little bit difficult. And so going in and, and opening that, you know, being exposed like that and saying, client, the microphone's yours, do whatever you want. Uh, it's just a great way to to diffuse any tension that might be in the room. Uh, and and then, you know, to your point, they, they are there may be a response where they're coming after you about a few things. Yeah. Right. Um, and- <laughs> okay. This reminds me of I had a I had a really tough client one time and we were having like a three hour QBR. We took like a, you know, 
bio break in the middle of it. What was walking out with another uh, executive and we're walking past like the, um, the COO of the company's office and he called us in and he's kind of was like, Hey, how's it going in there? And, you know, we told him they'd spent the first hour and a half just shooting us up. Right. <laughs> like just yeah. blowing us away. And uh, he's like, yeah, I kind of expect it's like, you guys are like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon where you get all shot up and then somebody drinks a glass of water and it comes shooting out all the little holes. Uh, <laughs> you, you guys are like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks boss. That's awesome. Now we're going to go back in there and, take it yeah. some more, you know? So yeah, good. That's what I get, get paid for, I guess. But you know, it is a little bit like that sometimes and uh, yeah. it, it is what it is. Well, be, yeah. And I, and I think the, yeah, that response, you, you bring up a great point, right? The response is, okay. Yep. I understand. Right. It's not that you don't care and it's not being a sm- smart aleck, right? It's, it's, it's a, I understand, but it's also resigning yourself to the fact that when that happens, and when when they when they really open it up and they're coming after you for for things, answer what you can. If there are things you can solve in the moment, solve them. But there are going to be a lot of things that you can't solve or answer in that moment, and it's okay to give it time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll just mention our. So those are our seven steps to a great uh, QBR that's going to enable you to remind the client uh, why you're, why you're there. So we'll mention the seven steps. So number one, bring Fred water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is sure. that, is that still on the market? I, it, no, we need, we need to go research a, that. No, help people uh, be entertaining. Don't bring Fred be entertaining. Water. Number one, expand your audience, uh, coordinate with the client for the QBR. Don't be tone deaf. Know where you're at with your client before you go in there. Uh, make your QBR a story. Claim victory at least once during the QBR and be composed even when they're shooting holes in you. Cool. All right. Good stuff. Well, another another podcast partner. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, man. I enjoyed it. Another one in the can. Uh, thanks for listening and uh, tune in next episode when we're going to talk about... <laughs> well, I don't know. We're making this up as we go along. So I don't yeah. know what we're going to yeah. talk about. Okay. Well, All right. check us out. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Fred and John would like to hear from you. Go to brown-fuller.com with comments and questions and rate us on your favorite podcast platform.